Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is a podcast from The Bugle. Welcome to this charming two-bedroom home located in a sought-after suburb. This appealing property boasts a renovated kitchen, glass windows and walls throughout to ensure comfort all year round. As you step inside this delightful dwelling, you'll notice the spacious bedrooms with ample room for relaxation or work-from-home setup if desired. These rooms offer comfort that adjusts according to your needs, regardless of the season. Situated close to local green space and taverns within walking distance, enjoy village living at its finest. This property strikes the perfect balance between comfort and convenience without compromising style, making it truly a place you'd love to call... The Goggle. Welcome. This is The Goggle, a sonic, glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for a visual world. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are James Nokise. Welcome back. Uh, Lovely to be here, Alice. I almost said welcome to you, but it's just the morning talking. We can all be welcoming to one another. And Laura Davis, welcome. Welcome, Alice. Welcome. (laughs) I think you are the first hosts that we've had who are married. To each other. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you. I mean, uh, yeah. thank you. Before we sit down together and have the cup of tea that is this week's top stories, let's have a look at the front cover of the magazine. The front cover this week is the Looks Maxing Community feature, a feature article on the Looks Maxing Community. If you don't know uh, what the Looks Maxing Community is, it's young men online who want to be hot, um, including a guy on TikTok who recommends giving yourself a better jawline by hitting yourself in the jaw with a hammer. So, it's a good place to start. You know, is the hammer a dildo? Is that is that what it's meant to be? <laughs> yeah, be your own Michelangelo. <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah I don't know if it works like that, but it's a nice way to sort of rebrand vanity, which has traditionally been mm. seen as a more kind of a feminine art form. Mm. Uh, but I like the idea of masculinizing vanity to the point of hitting yourself in the chin with a hammer. Mm. It's the gua sha uh, of the bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lymphatic drainage given a, yeah. a brutal twist. Keep the hammer in the fridge for puffiness. 
yeah, I just want young men lining up in Bunnings, looking at, looking at the hammers, figuring out which one is the best for the face. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're not masculine enough to already own the hammer, it's maybe not for you. <laughs> the satirical cartoon this week is a caricature figure representing cryptocurrency, desperately trying to brush a dusty pile of Sam Bankman Freed convicted on all counts under the rug. And the alternative stock satirical cartoon this week is the stock market in America panicking at the widespread uptake of Ozempic and other weight loss drugs and fleeing en masse from companies that are seen to benefit from America's obesity epidemic. This is a real move that's happened in the stock market in the last few weeks with the uptake of Ozempic. How do you feel about that, James? Well, I mean, uh, crypto is really just the weight loss drug of the economy, isn't it? <laughs> You've got to take it up, man. It's the newest thread. You've got to, it's going to be. Oh, it's not working. Oh, I'm in hospital. <laughs> well, uh, that's a that's a probably a spoiler alert for one of our later stories. But our top story this week is Wiggles news, and this is the news that the Wiggles are deeply disappointed uh, with Bunbury Council, who are apparently using. Uh, the Wiggles track Hot Potato to try and uh, make life inhospitable for homeless people. Uh, Laura as Davis, if... I've. <laughs> Can you unpack this story for us? Look, as as a native of these lands, um, it is though they have not made Bunbury inhospitable enough uh, for people <laughs> who live there in the houses. Um, I. I just can't imagine how I would be able to continue with my life if the Wiggles were disappointed in me. I don't think, I don't think everybody, like every Australian in in a child is crying <laughs> if if the Wiggles say, "No, no, no, we're very disappointed in you. You change your behaviour, surely." Oh yeah. Because, I mean, even if your parents are disappointed in you, you can rebel no. against your parents. But you can't rebel against the Wiggles. <laughs> yeah, I can handle my parents being disappointed at me. I think Dorothy the dinosaur is, is just too far. <laughs> I, I don't think I would be okay. I had trouble sleeping last night knowing the Wiggles were disappointed in Bunbury Council. You know, and it's and I don't even work for Bunbury Council, which is a fate I have, you know, stridently avoided. I mean, I, I Bunbury is the place where I was heckled by a man who said, "You're like bread; everyone touches it, no one wants it," which raised a number of questions. Probably makes sense in Bunbury. James, you went to Bunbury. Now, Laura, why would you trigger a repressed memory of me going to to Bunbury? I. Look, I, that man now has scabies, by the way, uh, Alice. That's, you know, you, no one wants to touch bread. Well, maybe get some fiber in your diet, my, my Australian cousin. I, um, look, this is a very, it's a very interesting thing because there are variations of this kind of story around the world where they use music that they deem mentally destructive to try and get homeless people away. Now, in this case, they've chosen the Wiggles, which just feels like a double insult to the Wiggles. Um, they used to use Peter Allen's uh, I Go to Rio. Wait for it. De Janeiro. And <laughs> I just, look, uh, the Wiggles are not the only people who've ever been disappointed in, in, in Bunbury. Um, we, anyone who's been there has been disappointed. People still living in Bunbury are disappointed. Yes. <laughs> James went to Bunbury 
And I drove him to the train station and I cried at the train station as though I was sending him off to war. And um, <laughs> then I had to go collect him at about six in the morning because about the booker the had, had he'd, he'd made his way back from Bunbury uh, urgently because the booker had um, insisted on sleeping in the same bed as him, but, you know, to, to save on accommodation costs. And I was not paid extra for that spooning. I want to tell you right now. That's... Um... <laughs> I don't usually put out on the first gig. You've got to, um, you've got to promise me a headline spot for that kind of act. <laughs> I think that it's also it's hot potato. The song is hot potato, which is what they should be giving the homeless people. Also, this is a big estimation of like it's a big guess about the the demographic break- makeup of these this homeless population because if any of these homeless people are have been parents in the last twenty years, I guarantee you they've gone deaf to the wiggles. They don't hear it. They've, they've heard it so many times. It's just, just white noise. Very relaxing. There's also lots of, um, you know, there's lots of uh, families with young children who are being made homeless in this cost of living crisis. So perhaps, perhaps they can just lean into it. <laughs> just get some costumes. Yeah, let's not address the social issues and the economic problems. Let's just create a little Wiggles commune. I also find it amazing that the uh, that the Dunbury MP uh, who's against this, who's saying it lacks compassion, is a man called Don Punch, which is a very Western Australian name. I think we can all acknowledge that. But when you've got an Aussie called D Punch, who's like, where's the compassion? Uh, I think you, you've, you've really messed up. It's a very good enemy name for the Wiggles to have. They, yeah. I mean, they've not. The Wiggles haven't had a very good like nemesis storyline yet. You know, they've got a lot of friends. They have got Henry the Octopus. They got Dorothy the Dinosaur, Captain Feathersword. Maybe what they need is a dark city council. He <laughs> yeah, starts off dark. Australian the Wiggles. Middle manager. I'm seeing it, guys. I'm seeing it. I'm, <laughs> it's, it's got the Wiggles. They go to Bunbury, and it looks like their nemesis is going to be Don Punch. Oh, he's a scary man. He's a city councillor. Uh, no, he's an MP. But then, then they discover he's actually a great friend, mm. uh, and and he ends up dancing with Dorothy, uh, and they drive down to that. Uh, is it the is it the world's longest wharf? Is that what's down in Bunbury? If I got oh, it right? it's not far that- from there. I also feel like they've missed a trick here, playing hot potato. I mean, surely mm. if you want to make something inhospitable for for people to sleep in, you'd play wake up Jeff. Is that mm. not? Yeah, it was right there, it- Bunbury Council. It's right there. They laid it down. The wheels laid it down. <laughs> Do you think this could be enough to radicalise the Wiggles? <laughs> like, I don't think that they have been stepping up to the plate when it comes to, you know, strong social change or revolution. But perhaps, perhaps this is literally the wake up Jeff call that they needed to, to realise there are a lot of problems and they could actually use their voice for a lot more than fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Well, we can all put our, our hands together and, and hope that that is what happens. I can't <laughs> wait to see a whole bunch wiggles, of like three-year-olds wiggles, being rag- radicalised into action on the streets. Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Halloween. Sorry, it's brought to you by Half Price Halloween Leftover Products and Sweets. 
Don't mind if your chocolate's pretending to be a witch? Try half-priced Halloween leftovers. Ever wanted a giant model of a spider for only $5? Try half-priced Halloween leftovers. Half-priced Halloween leftovers. There hasn't been a sale here for 30 years. And look at mummies. Look at skeletons. Look at wrinkled old crones. Look at dusty ghosts and cobwebs and accept that the spookiest thing of all is being dehydrated. Half a glass of water. Stop that terrifying creaking noise at the source. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now it's time for tech news. Uh, tech news now, if you grok me, this is the news that Elon Musk has launched a new AI, a rebellious AI, which has few safety rails. Uh, it's it's being put forward in the name of free speech. It will tell you how to make cocaine. Uh, and some people are extremely excited about it. Uh, James Nuki, so you, you've been extremely excited about things in the past. Can you unpack this story for us? Oh, it's enough to make you say get grokked. Ellis, uh, Elon Musk, the um, biggest grokker in all of tech, has uh, unleashed... Um, we we haven't seen it yet. Here's the thing with with Musk. He's he said it exists and it's coming, but you know he hasn't quite unleashed it. It's called Grok. Its nickname is Grok, I guess. It's it's an advanced AI. Um, it's uh, it's it's sort of there to promote free speech. It, he says they've just built it in the last couple of months, but again. With his company, they, it's probably built itself. There's probably a rogue, uh, completely functioning AI out there uh, already beginning to take over the world. I think the clear thing we've gotten from the uh, couple of announcements we've had this week is that Musk has no idea what this thing is. They've said it's called Grok. Uh, the AI system is called Grok because it means to understand in tech circles. But we all know he just liked the name Grok. Like he absolutely has not gone, aha, yes, it means to understand. Just got Grok. Yeah, cool. It's got a K in it. Like it's going to answer spicy questions. Uh, that's, that's a genuine quote from uh, a billionaire uh, head of a, of a company. We've built AI I mean, to answer spicy questions. None of them have ever been questions. laid. <laughs> Well, famous, famously, Elon Musk has definitely had children, but you might be right, Lloyd. He may have not been laid in getting those children. He may have know. just grokked a few very sad women. I think these people have taken it too far. We just used to write boobs upside down on the calculator and leave it at that. <laughs> 
Well, so this is the thing. On Leading up to the release, Musk uh, posted this thing on X um, of an example of Grok responding to a request for a step-by-step cocaine recipe. And that, that like many chatbots, uh, Grok is like very sassy and has like has a bit of personality to himself. And uh, the problem, I think, here is the fact of the demonstration because Elon Musk quite famously and quite recently is the person who demonstrated the strength of his Cybertruck uh, by hurling a ball bearing through its window, uh, then later trying to like redeem that by having Joe Rogan fire an arrow at his Cybertruck. And then he launched the idea of a robot, a sentient humanoid robot, by having a man come on stage in a suit. So I don't know how much we can trust this demonstration of Grok's capabilities. <laughs> it's a real sort of apocalyptic Willy Wonka thing going on. Like, this is <laughs> this is really grim now. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you also need to invent the time travel to go back to where defence from archery is helpful in warfare. I, I mean, I'm slightly worried... Uh, that his company that does AI is called XAI because it's very much like his son's name, which is um, XAE12, if I recall correctly, or that's the beginning of a, a very long uh, string of names. But it feels like he sort of circle, circle, circles around the same kind of naming conventions in a way that makes me worry uh, that a man so celebrated for his originality of thought may in fact just be rehashing old sci-fi premises. But how, how Ellis, how how can he be celebrated for his original thought when his truck looks like the one that Homer built in The Simpsons? <laughs> Look, on the bright side, he is giving a lot of joy and hope to a particular kind of person who feels like they've been let down by the the uh, chattering classes and uh, educated artistic types mm, who've looked down on yeah. engineers for too long and, and don't enjoy it when people, for example... Um, embrace free speech to the point of letting Nazis on their platform. Yeah, go tell Grok all the mean things the feminazis said to you. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe they can just talk to Grok. Dr. Grok. I love Dr. Grok. <laughs> <laughs> if I know anything about technology and people, it's that it's only a matter of time before someone tries to marry Grok. Mm. What would work is if, because he's just come back on TV... Elon Musk paid Kelsey Grammer way too much money, which Kelsey Grammer may take because we all love him but never look into his personal politics, um, especially if you're a big fan of Frasier. Uh, but wouldn't oh, it be like, great? Oh, you you think that that <laughs> Frasier is a, a sitcom about that, uh, a flamboyantly left-wing man? Look, <laughs> this is not the time or place, Laura Davis, for us to get into debates Renowned over the political stances. Crane. <laughs> All right. We, ha- we had this conversation in Bunbury, not having it here on Niles. the gavel. Uh, yeah, a, a man who is, uh, class big- has class bigotry against his own father. Yes. <laughs> Just... Champion of the people. I resent Frazier purely because he means that every American is incapable of pronouncing my last name correctly. Ah, yes, Miss Frazier. I love that he built Grok because he thought other AI were too woke. So he's just built a AI. 
Despite the fact that all of previous evidence indicates that AI, like one of the biggest worries about AI is that it replicates previous uh, prior bigotries and can be, in fact, you know, quite right wing because if it's drawing on the whole history of human um, discourse, then uh, a lot, I don't know. I don't know how to break this to you guys, but a lot of our history was a bit skew with uh, mm. according to current morals. Really? Brock uh, so, said it was all yeah. fine. <laughs> Let's look at all these films about AI taking over the world and realizing that humanity is a disease and it needs to be wiped out. Let's look at all, all of the art that's been made over the past 200 years about sci-fi dystopias and then go, you know what? AI is too kind. Let's make a mean one and put it on the largest social media platform out there. And that brings us to our review section. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. James, what have you brought in for us this week? Well, uh, I have brought in a New Zealand native bird um, because uh, I don't know if you're aware, but um, friend of the gargle, uh, John Oliver, uh, formerly British, now American comedian, has crashed into the New Zealand Bird of the Year election, which is arguably the most important election in New Zealand this year, um, and has uh, sponsored uh, one of our our birds, uh, the Pu Tekiteke, uh, and has said this should be the bird of the century. And he's crashed the New Zealand website, which is literally about four people working for Bird and Forest New Zealand going, oh, Geez, there's a lot of votes today. So uh, it's, it's really annoyed me, Alice, because this is yet, uh, this is colonization on two parts. One, it's a British man putting his snout into, uh, you know, his very lovely snout, John, but also hire me as a writer, um, you know, into the New Zealand politics where we, we don't want that, mate. That's why the Maori Party got a record number of seats in the election, all right? Keep your, your British... And also, it's an American trying to rig a foreign election. So just double bad one there, John. So I would like to uh, review a different bird, um, which is the Takahe, uh, which is, is a, a also very endangered bird, just as endangered uh, as the most endangered birds. It's actually known as the bird which became alive again because it was thought to be extinct for 50 years mm. um, until 1948. Because I don't know if you know this, Alice, but most New Zealand birds are massive introverts. Uh, so it's just hanging out <laughs> by itself. Um, I think I think Producer Ped's got a, a sound of its, its mating call or just a normal call. Uh, which uh, sounds uh, a bit like um, a marital bed uh, being being used. Just a real got a consistent. Why are you looking at me like that, Laura? Uh, the well, why don't they fix the bed? Well, it's a it's a bird, Laura. That's why it's it's you know it's 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 got claws. Laura, Laura just declaring that if that were their marital bed, you'd use WD-40 and solve the problem. Yeah, absolutely. No, it wouldn't have lasted a night. Um, Maybe that's why this bird's going extinct, because now it's too smooth and it's not making any noises to mm. attract a mate. Well, look, some, some critics will probably say that it looks like um, uh, the pukeko or the swamp hen to you Australians um, with diabetes. And that's, that's arguably a fair call, but it, it's, it's a lovely bird. It's massively endangered and there's no reason for it to not get votes just because, uh, that John <laughs> Oliver 
is coming in with his mass-produced foreign money once again uh, trying to just uh, rig a, a New Zealand election. So, you know, anyone out there listening on the gargle, um, you know, it's go to find the Takahe. There's an accent on the E, mm. um, and and give it and give it your vote because it's it's not foreign election rigging if it's spearheaded by a Kiwi who's living overseas on an international broadcast. <laughs> if you look at a Takahe, they do not seem particularly pleased to be back from extinction. <laughs> they're, they're Out of five stars, photogenic. how much do you give it? Oh look, I I give it six because um, it's 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 better than than a five star bird, which is what John Oliver would have you say. Demagogue. <laughs> uh, Laura, what have you brought in for us to review out of five stars? Um, I would like to review uh, exotic goats in zoos, please. Are you looking at an exotic animal because it is a rare mountain goat? Are you looking at a goat and you could be at a farm? Where's where's the line? Should we should we be having exotic goats in zoos? Are they not maybe exciting enough to be in the zoo? Is a goat the most exotic animal that should be in a zoo? And all of the other ones should be put back in the jungle. I'm not sure exactly where I stand on the matter. I think out of five, definitely a three. Three stars for the exotic goat at the zoo from Laura. And that brings us to people who may need to be kept in captivity for their own protection. A series of crypto bros have been seriously injured uh, after staring too hard into some lasers at a bored ape party, um, which is ironic if you know that uh, some of the bored apes have lasers coming out of their eyes. We didn't realise that the lasers were actually going into their eyes, multiple attendees at this party ended up going to hospital because the UV lights on the stage were so bright uh, that they caused what's called welder's eye, which is if you say, UV damage to the eye and severe sunburn mm. to the face. Uh, Laura Davis, you've stared into the bright lights of the future. Can you unpack this story for us? Yes, this is this is um, this is what Nietzsche tried to warn us about. If you gaze into the bored ape's eyes, the bored ape will also gaze into you. Um, how long were they gazing into the ape? I is mean, it just, just a big hours. A Medusa? What is this Medusa situation? <laughs> it was a laser stage show of some kind okay. uh, that involved very bright flashing lights um, in order to... I assume cover for the fact that the music wasn't very good. I'm not entirely sure. And the sure. ideas are shonky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they can't yeah. read the fine print if they've got Welder's eye. Well, it's sort of a deeply unfortunate thing to lure people to uh, an ape conference, specifically the ape NFT, the bored ape NFT, mm. because these are people who have been culled from the general population specifically uh, due to their sus susceptibility to peer pressure. Um so mm. you just know they're not going to be the ones who are looking away from the stage and going, maybe I shouldn't be staring directly into this bright light just because all my friends are doing it. They're, mm. they're the ones who are saying, no, hold on to these, despite the fact that uh, NFTs have been have lost 94% of their value since initial launch. Um, so it, it, it does feel like shooting fish in a barrel to a certain extent. Yes. But what is art? You know? <laughs> it's it's not a bored ape NFT. These people weren't using their eyes for anything anyway. 
I love this performance piece. <laughs> this Hansel and Gretel sort of tale of modernity. I love it. I mean, if the artist did this deliberately, look, I can't condone uh, violence or damaging people as a, as a form of art, but also it would be very funny. Mm. I think yeah. I think it's weird that they tweeted about it. Like that's just that's a mental health issue at some point when because it's just so weird. I woke up at four a.m. and couldn't see anymore. Yeah, wrote, and I asked wrote, Dr. Grok what I needed to do. So tell me and I will tweet it out. That's from someone called CryptoJune777. So there's a whole bunch of red flags popping up here. Someone else wrote, I woke up at 3 a.m. with extreme pain and ended up in the ER. I, just, I don't understand. And then someone's like, I got it as well. I went to bed at 1.30 mm. and I woke up. At five, at five with eyes burning, and you go, why are these people writing about this? Like, if it was a mate Presumably reporting. Presumably it's, it's voice to text at that stage. Well, the spelling's very good for the Siri, take a, take a note and post it. Hey, X. Siri, tell Grok that my eyes hurt. I think the strangest thing about the whole whole issue is like what you said alice they've lost 90 percent of their value so these are really these are the true believers that somehow this is all these are the people who've like sold put the house into a second mortgage and bought up pictures of bored apes and are really really banking on this thing turning around And that brings us to our final story this week, uh, which is the news that Sam Bankman-Fried, the king of crypto, the poster child for effective altruism, has been found guilty on all counts of one of the biggest financial frauds in history. James Nokise, you've been guilty of trying to buy up uh, the entirety of a small island to do human experiments. Can you unpack this story for us? Look, it, that was New Way, and they weren't doing anything with that island anyway. Um, it's actually pronounced fried, uh, as in fried eyes. Uh, I, I think you'll, I think you'll find. Uh, Alice. Apparently, though, the the the, the rumor that he was going to buy Nauru was just a just a, a thing that one of his people suggested to him. Apparently, he wasn't seriously entertaining him, uh, and we can believe this because he hasn't consistently lied over a series of years. I, I think the funniest thing of this whole was. His lawyer, who, you know, when there's these high profile cases, the lawyer comes out, we're going to fight this. We're going to, you know, this is an injustice. His lawyer came out and said, um, we respect the jury's decision, but we're very disappointed with the result, which you're a, you're a lawyer. Well, you've been a lawyer, Alice. That's basically just like, well, you got me like in lawyer talk. Well, I was following this trial uh, fairly closely because it's an area of interest for me. And basically, he made it very difficult for his lawyers overall um, by, you know, for example, he was under a fairly loose house arrest and they kept having to tighten his uh, restrictions until they ended up having to jail him. And uh, I think he insisted on testifying, despite the fact it was probably a very bad idea and he came across very badly in his testimony and under cross-examination. so I can imagine his lawyers were not necessarily the most pleased with him. Also, the evidence was incredibly damning. And during his period of house arrest, they could not stop him giving interviews to every f-ing person who asked, including just sort of low-grade Twitter bloggers. 
But that's the, I mean, there's, there's a wonderful comedy film that's going to emerge from this. Because this dude was just such a beautiful asshole. Just, just like, like you're, you're absolutely right. It's like, you can just see that, that kind of gives contents to the lawyer's quote. Like, it just, now I'm just picturing a sad lawyer going, it's over, finally. I can, <laughs> I can see my family again. I, I, I'm so, like, secretly just going, thank God you found him guilty. I would, I would hate to have to continue to deal with this client. He's yet to undergo sentencing, um, but the, apparently he's, like, he's potentially uh, one of those cases where he could get up to 100 years of jail time unless the judge decides that he's too rich to go to jail or whatever, whatever it is they, they do uh, with wealthy young men. Um, but the the closing arguments of Nicholas Rose, who was the prosecution, said uh, he took the money. He knew it was wrong. He did it anyway because he thought he was smarter and better and he could figure his way out of it, uh, which seems to be a, a pretty concise summing up of what actually went on. Laura, did you follow this trial at all? I found it very hard to follow because uh, so much of it is insane. Um, I, I love the idea of uh, house arrest interviews just no no you come to me like if we could just meet I'll yell out all my problems out the kitchen window (laughs) and you write them down it's a massive amount of money isn't it like it's about eight billion and that's I think that's about 25 no's Yes, yeah. Well, so it, it was that eight billion were missing, and that he had sort of misappropriated and moved around just huge numbers uh, for an extended period of time. But his company was valued at thirty-two billion dollars at one point, um, despite the fact that they didn't didn't do anything legitimately the whole time and were just moving money around between their different entities. I don't know how either of you two feel, but I just, I think we need a new term. I think billion has got watered down too much. I think bil- the word billion. Grok. Yeah, we need something because people hear 32 billion. I feel like they just, they hear the 32 and they don't really, the billion is like, oh, mm. yeah, well, people have billions now. Because it just, uh, it just, it seems like it's still not, we're not getting through how massive an amount of money this dude like got like his lawyer was like oh he's just a he's just a maths nerd and this got out of control it's like no he defrauded people out of billions is the solution to climate change to allow billionaires to purchase the pacific islands that are about to go underwater so that they have a deep vested interest i mean you you know you buy nauru you get it for cheap but then you know it's the maintenance that really gets you it's it's stopping the sea levels from rising. Yeah. Maybe we should have given it to him. It's, yeah. it's a strange thing that's happening, guys, but like, which is too close to Laura's joke. Nui has just started a groundbreaking uh, idea of getting people to sponsor the ocean. Mm. Uh, that's part of their country. So they're getting people in as sponsors of parts of the ocean to get that personal buy-in on the state of the area so you know we are as always living in an actual satire Mm. i mean the nature of cryptocurrency is that a lot of the selling point of it was what if money but we had it uh because we got to be the first movers in a new money system and uh that we could could use this money in an unregulated way uh, which would mean that we wouldn't have all of the slow and inefficient regulations that keep people from for example stealing all of their clients money and uh, trying to use it to buy an island um Again, I should clarify, 
he says he wasn't going to buy the island and use it for human experimentation. It's just something that was suggested to him in a Google Doc and he entertained for a while. Uh, so we shouldn't accuse him of that. But these crypto guys do often have island-based plans. Uh, if, they're, if they're not floating boat-based um you know, international law plans. They're often island-based plans and, and, and they tend to sound very reasonable up until they point where they start arguing about um, the age of consent. And that, mm. I feel, is the red flag in the crypto plan uh, for the crypto nation. Mm. I think the island is the red flag. I think I think by the time you've got to the age consent, you're too far. You're too far in. I think if someone's like, hey, I've got an island, just be like, nope. Think I've ever watched this film. <laughs> It's Rafe finds your chef. I'm not coming. Sorry. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of the show. I'm flipping through the ad section at the back. Uh, James, have you got anything to plug? Um, look, I've just finished being a reporter at the Rugby World Cup, which was a strange adventure for me. Uh, and if any listeners would like to know why I was there, you can catch my podcast, uh, Fair Game, Pacific Rugby Against the World, uh, to find out all the infrastructure issues uh, with the Pacific Islands and world rugby. Uh, here's a hint. It, billionaires are a part of it. <laughs> you don't say. Uh, Laura, have you got anything to plug? Um, I would just like to plug the fact that you can buy my digital stand-up albums on my website and I should have another one coming out soon. I can recommend uh, pursuing both of those recommended avenues from our guests today. You can help keep the gargle alive and thriving by joining Team Bugle. If you go to the buglepodcast.com slash donate and you can make a one-off donation or become a Team Bugler, which means you get all the Bugle podcasts ad-free along with bonus treats, including the exclusive Ask Andy podcast and a limited edition episode of the Bugle on 12-inch orange vinyl. Uh, which is a real thing that exists and could be in your hands. If you go to thebuglepodcast.com slash donate, you can support those essential audio ventures. I'm Alice Fraser. You can find me online at patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. It's a one-stop shop where you can find all of my stand-up specials, podcasts, and blogs, as well as my weekly salons. I also do two writers' meetings a week. If you'd like to write something, whatever it is, come along, join us. It's a, a blast, and you can currently get that for a dollar a month. Uh, which I think is sort of ridiculously cheap. This is a Bugle Podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.